gather again today to support Ukraine's inalienable rights to defend itself. And our resolve and steadiness of purpose has only been strengthened. Yeah, and that is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin talking about you know the latest goings on in, in Ukraine. Of course, a lot of the focus has been on Russia targeting civilians yet again and around the capital. That continues to play out. Speaking of defense, Space Force, that is one component of our armed forces these days. But another, being able to use something like, I don't know, a Starlink satellite as a measure of defense in space. So you had the remarkable DART mission. NASA's effort to render Ben Affleck and and Bruce Willis unnecessary in the event of an asteroid positioned directly at us. And the very concept of this thing at its core just is another one of those that blows my mind. You know, I always talk about this when we'll discuss NASA, often with the the officials and, and at times... The folks involved in these missions them, themselves. How it is that they go, all right, got an idea here. You see that, uh, you see that rock? It's about six, seven million miles out there. I got an idea. Let's take one of these satellites over here. Let's run that thing 14,000 miles an hour in the direction of that deal. And let's go nail it. I bet we can move it if we do something like that. I mean, just to kind of think that up and go, yeah, we, we can make that happen, let alone execute. Just incredible. Our own Rory O'Neill covering the success of DART. Rory, tell us about it. Well, yeah, it is pretty remarkable. You mentioned that this uh, DART mission, it was traveling at four miles a second, 20,000 500 feet per second. Unthinkable. Still able, to hit a tar- still able to hit a target 500 feet across. So, you know, and that's really because the NASA worked with uh, the Pentagon and some defense technologies that uh, no targeting, and that's one of the ways they were able to essentially slam into this asteroid and change its tra- trajectory. You know, we knew, we watched it live, we saw that the impact happened, but now we got the confirmation as to just what kind of impact this mission had, it shifted the orbit about 4%, uh, making it about 32 minutes faster each day. Uh, and so it's proof that uh, we can move asteroids in space. Rory, your point is, is well taken, and even into some of the additional contextual elements of this, like any scientific experiment, you have your hypothesis, right? And so their hi- hypothesis was we can move it, but specifically to achieve the effect that you talked about. It wasn't just that, hey, we managed to ram the satellite, you know, millions of miles away into this space rock and and get it to to do something. It's that they got it to do exactly what their hypothesis suggested they would be able to accomplish with it, which is, I think, even more remarkable. uh, Well, right. And one of the reasons they did it this way is because it was easier to measure the result of the impact because what they hit was an asteroid that orbits another asteroid so they can time 
that orbit uh, and see how the timing of that orbit has changed. Had you just knocked some asteroid a little bit, it may be harder to measure exactly how that, uh, how its uh, trajectory had changed. So that's one reason they went for this orbiting asteroid to help them get verification uh, for their theory. So if we get something big enough, the plan is just to line up all the starlings out there and just ramble them at once. <laughs> <laughs> Full speed ahead. Yeah. I, well, I, the real issue now becomes detecting what's out there. That's sort of what's next for this Office of Planetary Defense inside NASA. You know, right now we haven't spotted anything that's a, a threat to Earth, but we haven't really looked that much either. Uh, and the Planetary Defense Office says we need to invest more time with telescopes to do a better job of scaling the skies and figuring out what's out there and what could be a threat 100, 200, 500 years down the road. So what you're saying is Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis really may not be needed. Right. Well, hopefully not. Uh, we don't need that song again. I'll tell you that. because <laughs> I've been hearing that all morning long with uh, producers who think they're being clever and I'm ready to... <laughs> Well, Chris didn't do that to you. <laughs> no, see, Chris is clever. I said producers who think they're clever. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, um, switching gears, uh, I know you're covering Ukraine as well. Obviously, a lot of attention about you know, going back to the the nuclear threat. The, the president even warning, warning last week of maybe Armageddon. You've had civilian bombings that have taken place around Kiev. What's, what's happening over there? Well, yeah, we got President Biden offering a few comments this morning, leaving the White House uh, toward Marine One, uh, saying that these latest attacks are brutal and beyond the pale. You know, Russia really ramped things up since uh, some force, the Ukrainians won't officially take credit for it, uh, some force uh, caused that explosion on that bridge that links Russia to Crimea. Uh, and actually, they've taken out about a third of the electrical infrastructure the power infrastructure across Ukraine has been destroyed, about a third of it destroyed in just the past two days. So some of these uh, offenses by Russia have been effective and really created the kind of fear we haven't seen since this conflict began back in February. You also had the recent annexing of, of additional territory in Ukraine, not being recognized by any other country, but what do we know what's happening in those regions anymore? Uh, well, it's difficult to get information out of there that's not the propaganda. You know, Russia also giving up some territory, the Ukrainians winning it back in different pockets. So there is sort of a give and take uh, depending on where you are. Obviously, the striking the bridge was a big blow to the Russian military. That's an important uh, supply line for them as well. So they're sort of adjusting their game plan, too, because uh, that bridge was so important to them. Favorite Aerosmith song? Uh, we we know what your walk, least favorite is. Walk this way. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe. All right. I, I'll, think about it. I I'll rode I rode the Disney roller coaster with them with their songs played. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I rode it with them on it with with. Oh, that's cool. Power. I did not do that. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? It was good. They were doing it with a bunch of radio people, so I think they had to ride it like 30 times in a row. Oh, my gosh. Joe, Joe was walking funnier uh, when he got off it. I bet. No, actually, I remember that. I remember the, the opportunity way back when, uh, not able to do it. But that's cool that you were, you were able to. All right, Rory, good stuff. Right. Always interesting, too. There it is. Till next Brian. time. Yeah. It's our own uh, Rory O'Neill. Can you imagine? That, I mean, that is... 
pretty good roller coaster you ever done it. I can't remember how long it's been for me. I've been to Disney and gosh, I, I think I would have to go back. I think I have to go back close to twenty years at this point. Last time I was was up at Disney, but uh, anyway, yeah, it reminds me. I yeah, I grew up in suburban Atlanta, and uh, you had Six Flags over Georgia. My mom, youngest of five, one of the things she figured out during certain po- points in summer, it would be kind of good to just drop us off, get season passes, drop us off at Six Flags over Georgia, and so we would just go. And, you know, some of the weekdays in the dead of summer, not a whole lot doing at that theme park. And so Mindbender, I used to just love Mindbender, which does a lot of loops and a really cool coaster. I remember my brother and I managed to get off and like run all the way back around, get on that thing seven consecutive times. I went back there. It's like 13 years ago. And I rode that thing. I did it once, and I'm like, I need to sit down. <laughs> Times change. Take a look at the news from around the state, the state that impacts you. Gas prices continuing to surge higher. Once again, the average price for regular unleaded now three thirty five a gallon. That is five cents higher than yesterday. Twenty two cents. Twenty two cents higher now than a week ago. In Southeast Florida, our prices ranging from a low of three forty a gallon in Miami Dade to an average high of three fifty three per gallon in the Palm Beaches. The recent increase in prices, yep, it has now completely mitigated the benefit of the state suspension. The twenty five point three cent per gallon gas tax during October, and uh, yeah, come November first. I mean, if things don't change meaningfully, going to be a, a lot of unhappy people. A rude awakening as that tax is is thrown back on there. Florida's trend for COVID-19 cases has reached the lowest level in over six months now. Our pace, 1,508 daily cases over the past week. Last time we were pacing a number that low, April 5th. Medical examiners, and this is what I'm going to spend a little additional time on tomorrow because there's a storyline here that is, is telling and at a certain point troubling as well. Medical examiners have determined that most of Florida's inattributed deaths were the result of drowning. Now, that is sad and unfortunate, though statistically not surprising. This is something I've long talked about. Water, the biggest threat in hurricanes. We always pay attention to you know, the wind speed, but it's it's water. And yet, yes, yet again it was. Of the 103 confirmed Florida deaths attributed to Hurricane Ian that have been evaluated by medical experts, most due to drowning. But here's the other piece of it. Most of the adults over 60, over 60, when you really drill down in this information, it's a story about our parents and what did and, and didn't happen in many instances. So it's something that I want to elaborate on when there's been more of an opportunity to do so. I'll probably uh, hit on that tomorrow. All right, we'll have Natalie in a trending story. We'll talk about the best and the worst cities to drive in and see where Miami ranks Next, right here on the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD. Let's look 